Welcome back to another episode of Fight in Progress, a podcast conversation about our men and women in law enforcement and the challenges they face. With lead stress coach and founder of Under the Shield Foundation, Susan Simmons, and Arizona police officer, Ace Walker. Thank you to Universal MMA and Fitness for sponsoring today's episode. You can find their info in the description below. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa. I don't know any more, any more than that. Yeah, so, that's on the 26th. Yeah. I don't know any of the other ones. Merry, Merry whatever to everybody out yeah. there, whoever celebrates whatever. Happy Christmas to those in the UK. It, <laughs> and they have Boxing Day the day after Christmas. Do they? Yes, it's called Boxing Day. Don't ask me why. I'm moving to the UK. I, but if I it involves punching things. I don't think it's that kind of boxing. Oh, then I don't care. I don't think it is, but I couldn't swear to it. But anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, a little sad news here as we get started. For those of you that remember Lieutenant Rich Mack, that in our NYPD family friend. Yeah, episode three. Yeah, three. Yes, three. Mm-hmm. Um, his mother passed away from cancer oh, last man. week. Yeah, I heard from Rich, and it was a sad day that she had been in hospice with cancer, but still hard to lose your parents anyway, and no I'm kidding. sure... His son is sad to lose his grandmother, especially right here at Christmas. Yeah. I wish she could have hung on for at least one more Christmas with them. Yeah, that kind of hangs in the air, too. It does. It kind of marks it. Yeah. No matter how old you are, I lost my dad at 28. Fortunately, it wasn't around a holiday. It was on 8-8 of 88. So, yeah, supposed to be the luckiest day of the year, worst day of my life. And then lost my mom in 07. So I was old. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you still kind of feel like an orphan. Yeah. You know, so um, I hope everyone out there will keep Rich and his family uh, in your prayers, please, during this holiday season, especially. And on a happier note, our friend Chris, who did our episode a few weeks ago talking mm-hmm. about suicide and everything he had been through, he has been in the hospital since I think Thursday night or Friday night. That's not the happy news, though. No, that's not the happy news. He's out. <laughs> that's the happy that's news. That's the happy news. But he had a little bit of a heart issue come up with COVID. and um, But he got out last night, and he was very happy to be home. So we're, we're glad he was able to get out for the holidays because the hospital with no visitors is not a fun place to be. I can't imagine. I'd break so out. So stupid. I'd leave. Well, I was, I, I was listening today. So I went to physical therapy. More good news. Yes. I'm going back to work in two Well, days. that depends on which side of this fence you're on. Well, as I mean, to whether it's good news, I'm not sure the PD's going to be thrilled, <laughs> but we'll find out. I guess. Every coin has two sides. Absolutely. Um, I'm sure some of your guys will be. We'll see yeah, about the rest of my, them. My sergeant, my unit, they're they're happy to have me back. I already text all of them, so that's good. little camaraderie is nice. Till you cause trouble Get again. back to my boys. Well, they always have my back, so that's good. Yeah. Um, Maybe we ought to have your whole team on here. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Room full of cops all talking at one time, I'm sure. God, I don't think more people would get fired in one swing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it's it, going back to work. That's exciting. Wrist is feeling good, so I'm feeling healthy. But at the same time, that means I'm missing Christmas Eve. Um, I got Christmas off, though, a couple months ago. So I have that off with like the extended family. Yeah. That's not as important as Christmas Eve, though, when just me and the kids and the wife. And I just can't believe you didn't milk this doctor out of another week. God, I couldn't do it. God, do I got to teach you how to do that. I wanted to, but I couldn't do it. His conscience, he just has too much <laughs> of a conscience here. I just, I, I should have gone with him to the doctor and just told the doctor, <laughs> I think he needs another week. I have but an overdeveloped I'll, sense of. I would have gotten you conscience. off at least till after the first of the year. Yeah. Well, of course, it, your wife may be ready for you to go back. But yeah, who knows? You've been Probably. home a while. Probably. 
this is keep probably, spending money on tools and wood and toys and tinkering stuff yeah, and oh my gosh he's probably gonna cut something off like a finger or something yeah, if anybody's looking for a chess table i built a pretty cool one three hundred dollars and on another positive note Rammer, jammer, yellow hammer, give them hell, Alabama. Oh, jeez. SEC champions. <laughs> we beat Florida. It was a hard game. No. Second half, my dog, the German Shepherd, Heidi, that's the, she's not an Alabama dog, but she looks like one the way I have her decked out <laughs> in houndstooth and a bandana for Alabama. She was exhausted. As soon as the game was over, she went to bed. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. She's probably stressed out. She knows when the game plays. Susan's going to either be I'm, in a good mood I'm or I'm yelling mood. and screaming, and <laughs> she's in and out of the backyard when I get upset. And, oh, but she was exhausted. She almost traumatized. If they'd lost, I think she'd have been traumatized. We'll have to do a show during one of the games. Oh, that would be fun. Well, we've got the playoffs <laughs> starting on New Year's Day. That could be fun. And uh, I am upset that Ohio State got in. Those losers... They only played six games. Give me a freaking break. Is there is no reason they should even have been considered. Is that, is that just a few games? Is that not a lot? Yeah. Everybody else that's up for it was played 10 to 11. Oh. And they're like, well, we're undefeated. Well, hell, you only played six games. That'd be pretty easy. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. The committee, I'm very disappointed in the committee. And I let it be known on Facebook that I was very unhappy and a lot of other people are. But I said, if they should happen to get lucky and win, they will win the national championship having played less games yep. than the other teams played in a regular season. Everything's about being fair now. That's wrong. Yeah. No, I think it's about money. Well, yeah. I think they bought their way in, but that's just my opinion. That might be Sorry, true. Ohio State fans, but I'm just, I can guarantee you if Alabama pulled that, the country's football, college football would melt down. <laughs> They would never. So they just need to remember, Ohio State, if Alabama ever gets in that situation and they only play six games and you play 11, you better keep your mouth shut because I don't want to hear about <laughs> Susan's it. Susan's going to get you. Because I'll blast you on this podcast again. So just <laughs> file that one away. But anyway, we're SEC champions. We beat Florida, not by much. And uh, it was quite a game. So I have my Alabama shirt on. Yes, she does. And I'll be wearing my Alabama shirt when I go through the airport on Wednesday. Oh, gosh. Going back home to spend Christmas, the first Christmas in a while, with my son. Oh, geez. And we'll get to see a very dear friend who's a retired FBI agent. And she's going to meet me for dinner, as well as a sergeant friend from Birmingham, PD. So it will be um, a quick two two days because i come back on saturday yeah and um all i can say to all you law enforcement officers out there if you have a crisis you better have it before nine o'clock wednesday morning <laughs> or you better hold it until one o'clock saturday afternoon or call the 855 number and I, you can you can call me while i'm in alabama i'm just talking about <laughs> while i'm on a plane you ain't gonna get an answer right phone won't be answered i find most officers are in pretty good spirits this time of year oh no no, no? not this week this, this week has been absolutely well, i remember you tell yeah that this has been rough so far and that's it, not normal though um well what is normal well, about fair, 2020 fair enough seriously um but it can be rough during the holiday january is usually a much busier month everybody mm -hmm. tries to kind of suck it up for the holidays mm -hmm. and then they just implode in january yeah so we'll see. Put but, on a good face for the family. Yeah, mm -hmm. we, yeah. 
So we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, it, it's been a, if the rest of this month is anything like this last week, it's going to be really interesting because part of my team has COVID. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The, um, David Cohen that runs mm-hmm. the Alabama team, he came down with it. I guess it was Friday he texted me and said I, I wouldn't be seeing him or his wife while I was there because mm. he developed COVID. I haven't checked on him today. I'll Are they all to... doing okay? He he had some mild symptoms, Yeah, but she had lost her brother to COVID just recently. Mm. And so I think poor Teresa, bless your heart, honey. I know you're running between your dad and your husband, and let's hope she doesn't come down with it. Right. I feel like a lot of us are uh, getting our garbage cans a little full towards the end of this year. Uh, we've, there's just so much nonsense going on. And I was, so while my parents were in town, we got to talking over dinner over all this, uh, my favorite phrase of this year is cognitive dissidence, right? <laughs> people, well, cause people who don't normally have to deal with that I know. are dealing with a lot of frustration. My parents were talking about how they're just kind of angry sometimes now. They're uh-huh. like, not really sure why it's like, cause you're doing a bunch of stuff that you internally don't agree with. Right. Yes. And that causes a lot of conflict. That's what mm-hmm. cognitive dissidence means. It means yep. you fight within yourself. Yep. Um, and that's we just call it internal conflict here at Under the Shield. But Ace has to use these fancy words to make y'all think he has this huge vocabulary. But anyway. It does. It makes me feel good about yes, myself. Yes, it does. Yeah. It's a it's a self-esteem thing. It's a it's an age thing. He's young. <laughs> He's a baby. He'll learn. But we're dealing with all this nonsense. And I know the rest of y'all are dealing with the same thing. Oh, there. See, I stole your y'all. Y'all, see, I I'm did. telling you. It's right here on this sign. It says y'all. Yeah. Used in addressing two or more persons. <laughs> Used to address anything that needs a good talking to. Oh, there you go. Y'all. Yep. So, yeah, y'all, that's you. Like, I mean, you're dealing with this, can't have a support the police sign in your front yard. Yeah. We're dealing with masks and shutdowns everywhere, but numbers are going up, even though everyone's wearing masks. Yeah, Even I wear a mask most times because I still want to shop at Target or go to the doctor's appointment. And if you want to, then you have to wear it. And it's private business, so. Well, I only wear it so that y'all don't get called. Because if somebody, mm. if I walk in the grocery store and don't have it on, somebody says something to me and I'm in the wrong mood, I'm going to wind up <laughs> punching them. And the police are going to get called. And y'all don't need to deal with that right now. Yeah. No. But yes, my sign has really ticked me off. Yeah. Cause, so let's let's go over it just a little bit. Because I know everybody's dealing with this kind of stuff. So this is our mm-hmm. turn to empty our garbage can, I Absolutely. think. Absolutely. Today. <laughs> It'll be entertaining. Yeah. So you, you have a police, uh, what does it say? I support we law enforcement. We support law enforcement. I've right. only been up there six months. Right. And then you got a letter saying From what? the Homeowners Association saying it's a political sign and it has to come down by the 22nd. Okay. So I will set my alarm tonight at midnight <laughs> and I will go out and take it down. Although right now it has a flag over it. Mm-hmm. I'll take it down. But I also will be putting up additional garden flags. Right. To which I have two out there now. I'm just waiting on the other wrought iron holders. And if they keep pushing this button, my driveway will be lined with them. <laughs> and you're going to the Homeowners Association. And my neighbor, who is 81, 82 years old, military, he has a sign in his yard. And he was told the same thing. So we will be making an appearance at the next homeowners meeting to ask them exactly what political affiliation we support law enforcement is, because I'm curious. Yeah. So we, my mom and I had this discussion um, of what, like, she's far more passive than I am, right? Okay. Um, she loves debate. She's very intellectual, but she's not one for making conflict, right? Which mm-hmm. is quite opposite <laughs> of me. Um, I rather enjoy it. I so where we, that came from. Right. So we got into the discussion of why I'm that way, right? So we started talking about um, 
just how certain people kind of live to serve a different purpose, mm-hmm. um, to confront the devil, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. Sure. And so we, I, it just happened upon an, an example, right? And it was, so you're walking outside of a church, you're armed like I am, right? Always. So it, in this, in this situation, you're prepared for conflict. Sure. And a shooter starts going to town inside the church, right? Mm-hmm. It, from a third party obje- objective stance, viewpoint, what is the, the moral obligation, right? For you as a cop? For, no, for the person that's armed walking past the church, right? Okay. What, what's the moral obligation? Is it to, because her argument before this was, you know, it, it's, it's your job or your duty to adapt to situations and to, to, you know, to modify and grow and to, you know, let people have their path and whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so like, let the shooter have his path. And she's like, oh, that's an extreme example. I was like, it is, but it illustrates something important. Okay. And I said, from a, just an objective standpoint, What's the moral right? And she's like, to go in and help. And I was like, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, because you can and you should because there's people dying and you can possibly stop it. You might as long not. as you're trained with that firearm, please don't go in there. Right, 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 right. You're just going to cause more problems. But this is assuming that this person is prepared for yes. conflict, right? So then the moral good, if you are prepared for conflict, is to face conflict. Sure. Right? And so we got to talking about why this is important right and then i told her the whole dave grossman sheepdog story okay how some of us are born to face the wolf right yes and that's something i, I strongly believe in i do too i really do um and i i don't know if i'm i was born to be that but i try to build myself to be that right so i don't sure. know how it works one way or the other but i try to become that sheepdog so um well i think you already are because you're a cop right they train. i mean that's what dave's whole analogy is. right they train you to be that yes so this, this is something that I felt was kind of important because a lot of us with all this cognitive dissonance, what do you call it? Internal conflict? <laughs> internal conflict. With all this internal conflict, that doesn't sound nearly fancy enough. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, people understand it. That's fair. Uh, it's where I, I see a lot of conversations online on when us, the good guys, because that's, that's how we feel. And I feel like everybody on any side of a fight feels like they're the good guy. So mm-hmm. I feel like that could be kind of a dangerous term because then you're labeling them the bad guy. But it. But anyway. there are bad guys out there. Agreed, but it on our side, right? Because we're we we like to consider ourselves more morally obligated than mm-hmm. the other side. <laughs> well, your departments would probably ding you if you didn't respond off right. duty. Right. So this this whole nonsense that's going on right now with <laughs> masks, lockdowns, riots, whatever you it, it, choose your poison right. for this year. And they're wondering why more people like us don't stand up, right? Mm-hmm. Why we don't go out and push against this tide, mm-hmm. right? And that's a difficult question to answer because it's like, well, when is enough enough? And mm-hmm. when is it worth standing up and risking what you have to fight the fight, right? There's all these complicated questions. Sure. But there's there's something important that you have to decide, and it's whether or not you're willing to stand up and fight if that time comes and when your lot li- where your line in the sand is right mm-hmm. yours is <laughs> this political sign right Amen. now they they picked a fight and you said no nope, that's a step too far mm-hmm. and i'm gonna stand up for that right i just want them to explain right it's not a political sign yeah but they seem to think so and, and let me give you an example of exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. because there was a law enforcement officer here and he worked for a department here in the valley and he was in seven shootings, Jeez. six kills. Um, and it was interesting the first time I met him because some people brought him to me and 
he walked up and didn't know me from Adam. And the first thing this old Southern woman says to him is, I just want to know what the hell's the matter with you. <laughs> and he backs up. And I said, why well, wasn't it seven for seven? And he said, well, it was the first one he didn't kill. I said, well, in Alabama, we call that target practice. You obviously improved. And he told me the story of the last shooting. And he said he got there with his rifle, looked around, realized he was probably one of the only ones who would, ta- who would take the shot. Mm-hmm. And it was a situation with, I believe, with a man holding a baby or a child hostage. Oh, geez. Yes. And this officer said to me that before he took the shot, he asked himself, is this worth my career? Mm-hmm. Because he knew it would be career ending. And he took the shot, said the best sound he ever heard was when the baby cried, but he did kill the man. Mm-hmm. And he knew at that point his department would get rid of him. Wow. And they did. Wow, why? I think they saw him as a liability, although all of his shootings were good. Right. All of them. Right. <clears throat> and I think that is a big part of what causes... The internal conflict, yeah, because a lot of departments aren't backing their people when oh, they sure. do their job. For sure. And this is where the fear comes in of, am I going to go to prison for doing my job? Look at the Atlanta cops. Mm-hmm. That's a real concern. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. And now they want to take implied immunity. They want to take, what in the yeah. world? And Well, I talked to a lieutenant, um, not from my department, but mm-hmm. I talked to a lieutenant about... Uh, kind of the the conflict of their position or the dichotomy. That's probably a better word. The balance sure. of their position. Sure. Because their primary objective as a lieutenant, as far as I can understand through policy and through patterns that lieutenants have, right, is their primary objective is to serve the department, <laughs> right? Because the sergeant is for the men. So it seems, right? The sergeant is to the men what the lieutenant is to the department, Right. There's kind of this middle point. I don't necessarily agree that that's what they should be, but I think sure. that's what they have become. Right. So the discussion kind of circled around for, for a short time. It circled around this uh, difficulty to balance this. I'm here to serve the department and to protect its interests and its, you know, it make sure it survives. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're, they're interested in policy and liability. And, you know, those are things that all terrify the men because those are things that don't necessarily benefit us mm-hmm. other than just keeping our jobs available right mm-hmm. you know but it's it, those are things that generally fight against us or restrict us right right so there's this balance that i in the discussion i expressed that i felt had been lost in most departments where the lieutenants are doing their job but there's nobody on the other side of that balance mm-hmm. arguing at the same power level that they're right. at right right of, of a lieutenant right or command level uh, arguing the other side. Mm-hmm. You sit in a room full of lieutenants, presumably. I've never been invited to any of these rooms. I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> I think your day's probably coming, but it won't be in a pleasant manner. Yeah, no, nor will I be uh, in a consult sort of situation. But a, but I feel like they all would get together, and it's it would be somewhat of an echo chamber, right? Mm-hmm. But like, say there's five lieutenants. They're all going to agree in the best interest of the department, right? Because, and I, like I told this lieutenant... And I understand that that's your job. Sure. So that's where you, if, if you all agree, well, we're going to make this policy because it's best for the department. Okay. It's going to be hard on the guys, but they'll deal with it and the department will survive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's the other person arguing for the guys? Right. Because that's two sides of the party. If you, 
it's it's just like I tell people that wall in the in the forest story. I, I know I've told it on the podcast before. The liberal goes into the forest, finds the wall, wants to tear it down. Conservative goes in there and says, no, keep the wall. And then the smart person comes in who's balanced and well thought out and says, why is it here? Right. There needs to be balance between the two. Neither is just emotionally right. And this is what Under the Shield does right. from a mental health standpoint. Right. We said the departments have the EAPs and the police psychologist. And fortunately, some of the smarter, more progressive police associations out here have seen the benefit to saying, huh, we should be offering something on the other side. Yeah. So there's a balance and the officers can go either place. Yeah. They can go to under the shield where there's no documentation. They can go to EAP or the department side or the license part through insurance where there might be documentation. And in a lot of cases, they go to both. Absolutely. We refer them. And and that's the beauty, right? When we need to. Absolutely. This is part of that conversation with that lieutenant. I I understood, as I told him, that going to see a licensed professional and checking boxes to say, and taking a gun, taking a badge, doing these things that that happen in certain processes. Right. I understand that that's necessary to protect the department. From the department standpoint, yes. And my, my... point was i understand it's necessary but that's not all there is there's still right. a human on the other end right who still needs care right so there there needs to be two parts to this process one to protect the department understood and one to protect the person yes so there, there are extremes on both ends right or can be right because what the balance does is so we we want the person to be protected right sure but if we just protect the person, then the department remains liable for a lot of things because that's the way liability works. Sure. Right. And we don't want that because that sucks for departments. Sure. Well, we've pretty well mastered that with hiring like 47 lieutenants per department. Yes. And commanders and whatever to protect that. In a 50 man department. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but what we and then on the other end, we don't want to just protect the department because then the man is left hanging. And your most valuable commodity are your employees. Right. So then what splits that and what protects everyone is the balance yes if there's if there's balance that protects everybody yes and that's the best way to look at it it balance isn't two things it's one thing that is just things working together in harmony right and here's what the unions slash out here associations are supposed to do and i know your department y'all don't have an association right or union right And that's what they're supposed to do. Sadly, some of the largest associations out here, not to name names, (laughs) although one day I probably will, um, (laughs) is to say that they are worthless. And their department, their officers even recognize that. I've heard a little bit of that. Because they've become too worried about their own positions when they come out of full-time work at the association. Where's the chief going to put them? So let's be nice. So what's supposed to be there to bring balance isn't right so and this is this is at least out here now and and let me say this caveat here i'm very very close to a lot of the colorado fop people and i will tell you they are able to do the things that should be done and they are a in my opinion an organization that everybody ought to be looking at and saying we want to be like those guys because i know the president very well i know some of the national officers also but they do what's in the best interest of their people. Right. And can make that argument to a group of lieutenants. Yeah. And I think that's the core of this whole 
debacle, right? With any of this, with, mm-hmm. you know, standing up for the flag in your front yard yes, or, you know, say, standing up for a certain belief that you have, whatever it is, there's balance, right? And it's not all just about self-preservation. Right. If everybody just worries about self-preservation, we all die. Sure. That's just it's plain and simple. Sure. We have to care about both sides. We have to respect both sides, even if we don't agree or see as much value. Right. And that's where our frustration, I think, comes in. Right. Because it's balance. It's because it's we talked about it uh, maybe a couple of podcasts ago about. Yeah. When we had the sergeant. Sergeant. On, yes. Was about these uh, these rules that like uh, the political structures, departments, religions, whatever they put in place as these like ultimate like you shall not do this. Right. Right. And it doesn't always make sense. Well, there's good ways to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but if you don't do it right, then it'll it'll be bad. So they take all the control out of your hands, right? Sure. <laughs> then we have sure. no self-control. But it's we need to learn balance. It's the only way that all this works. And it's to, what to stand up for and how. And Because I, I wanted to fight all the fights. Right. There's no balance in that because I'm just trying to kill everything. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I fell in a giant blaze of glory. Right? And that yeah, was... Yeah, you did. And that's not productive. Right. Because right? now as well versed as I am in fighting, I can't fight for anything because my word is discounted. Right. Because now I can, I can jump in with these guys that I, that I love and I believe in and they're fighting a good fight. But as soon as I show my face at the front of that stack, they're like, Oh, it's this uh, guy. Oh yeah. We, he just loves to fight. Right. He doesn't actually care. Right. right. At least that's the, that's what I get from them, you know, and that, and I understand why, which is why the podcast for you yeah. is a real benefit because it gives you an opportunity to voice. Right. And not just people go, Oh, it's just him again. Right, right. Because and it's it, it's really good because it it tempers mm-hmm. because I can talk about these things, and I know that I have to be cautious, right? Mm-hmm. Because I still work for a department. Sure. <laughs> right. If you want a paycheck, it's, it's pretty right. important. Yeah. So and it's and I know that feelings can get hurt or you know they can feel embarrassed or whatever, and nobody wants to be no. called out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that going on never happens. <clears throat> nope. Um. So I, I try to temper what's said and how it's said. So it, it teaches me to be a little more political and sure. a little more, um, what's a good word, subtle about uh, about confronting something. Right. You know, as Jocko would put it, a frontal attack is like never used anymore because it's not effective. Right. doesn't matter how big your army is. If you just charge from the front, you're all going to get mowed down. Exactly. So it's like there are lessons to be learned they're up here. in trees and behind walls. Right. <laughs> strategy. Yeah. Yes, strategy. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm slowly learning that. I got the frontal attack all down. Sure. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do that, but not. that's not the smart way to do so it. So very rare. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what are we... What are we going to do about all this stuff going on? Like, when do we fight the fight? What do you think? You've been around longer than I have. Like, Well, I think what it comes down to, first of all, is I think what I'm seeing is that the guys and gals that are not at that sergeant and lieutenant level mm-hmm. are discouraged because sure. they don't feel like they're supported. Because, again, to me, the lieutenant... In my opinion, and again, I've been around law enforcement for many, 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 many years. Um, The lieutenant should, to me, be a buffer for the sergeant. Because to me, the sergeant's the hardest job in the police department. Right. Because they're not one of them and they're not one of them. You know, they're just kind of there. And they should take the responsibility of the troops and getting them what they need. Mm -hmm. But to me, the lieutenant should be backing up the sergeant making sure that what he says the troops need can also happen and not just about the department and liability. 
I'm sorry, but we all have liability. I can sue you for wearing that shirt today. Right. Now, am I going to, the key is, am I going to sue you successfully? Right, right. <laughs> Probably not. But I can cause you a lot of trouble. I was a litigation paralegal 15 years. I know how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. I can make your life miserable right. if I wanted to. <clears throat> this is the issue. We need more supervisors to be the leaders like our retired colonel from Alaska, mm-hmm. like the sergeant that came in, like my neighbor, the retired colonel's father, who is head of security for the governor of Alaska. This man is 82 years old. He is here right now with his wife next door. He is flying home Wednesday to Alaska so that his some of his guys can be off with their families. Oh, jeez. And then he turns around, he flies back down here the 26th. So he is sacrificing Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with his wife to go make sure his guys are taken care of. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is really important. And he didn't have to do that. He, yeah. he's, he's been there for nine governors. <laughs> They're not going to fire him. He can do whatever he wants to. Right. But I don't think enough supervisors put out there that they care about their people. And I think that causes internal conflict because if I do this, who's got my back? Mm-hmm. And then people start to become all about themselves because it's called preservation. Right. Like we said, yeah. That to me is very concerning. And I think to, because I'm trying to see both sides, right? Because there's, because if you were to say this to a lieutenant, right? Mm -hmm. I feel first, natural of any person, they'd be defensive. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because on its face, saying you're just worried about preserving yourself. Yeah. That we know naturally, whether or not we're doing it. Sure. We know that that's not right. 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 So I, so let me kind of explain my perspective on why. (laughs) They might be like this, right? I feel, and I've talked to some of my officers about this, is that it might be generational, right? So we, the the leaders that they had when they were in my position Mm -hmm. were the same way. Now, I don't know when it started, right? Chicken and egg kind of thing. Right. But at some point, they, whoever was in charge, like the command staff at the time, there was a shift where it became a, is it worth fighting for, right? Are we going to mm-hmm. self-preserve and mm-hmm. just do what this chief tells us to do, right? Because I know in some departments you get a chief that's a little bit of a nightmare. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of those around, and, I will tell you. And in my own department, mm-hmm. right, there is like horror stories of a chief that was there, not the chief we have now. The chief we have now, as far as I can tell, is a lovely human. I, I hardly ever talk to him. <laughs> I've talked to him a few times. He's been very kind. Are you saying he dodges um, you, though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We, maybe we dodge each other. I don't know. Maybe. Um, he has far less reason to be afraid of me. I know. Uh, but there was a chief that was on a rampage, right? And he was firing people left and right. So, it, and it was from all accounts that I can pull together. And this is from people in command all the way down to officers who've been on the road for 16 years who mm-hmm. were there during that. Um, it was all people that either he just had a personal opinion that they were trash, so mm-hmm. he would get rid of them or find a reason, wow. or when they would oppose him. So it was his way or the yeah. highway, yeah. which completely develops a mentality of go along or get out, right? Right. So I could see how, and I don't know if that was actually the change in the department, right, or any of these departments, 
when something like that happened because we went it's been a gradual change over the 30 years i've been around right because there's a reason this dude even became a chief in the first place like there was a time where a guy like that wouldn't survive like he's not a leader why would he be given a leader position well because what i've seen is the department they typically come from now this guy may have come up in your department but speaking in other cities and towns and he didn't he came from from somewhere else yeah and here's the interesting part i have found is when you go to the department where the person came from yeah and you mention their name they gotta laugh and go so how they working out over there is cheap right because we were happy to get rid of them right and you go wow so and and again this goes back i've seen this the entire time it always amazed me an officer could be a really lousy police officer. I mean, I'm talking sure. not know one end of the gun from the other. Yeah. And they would let the person resign, and then they'll give them a favorable recommendation to another department. Pass pass the problem along. Yeah. And you go... And I don't know if they see that as a professional courtesy, or if it's like... It's it's a hard line to dance, right? Well, like, I think they also have to look at labor laws and right because you can only say so much about a person when somebody calls for a reference and yeah. and that kind of stuff. But it just kind of got to a place of we don't want him, so let's just pawn him off somewhere else. Sure. And apparently that's happened all the way up the chain of command because I know we had a chief here from Dallas, and everybody will know exactly who I'm talking about when I say this. And I was in Dallas. And happened to be walking through the area where all the detectives sit in little cubicles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they heard me say something about being from Phoenix. And it was like whack-a-mole. Every head was <laughs> popping up and down. And they were like, Phoenix, so how do you like that chief y'all got over there? Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't y'all tell me something about him? Or would you like him back? Because we could transport him back. And they're like, oh, hell no. No, don't right. want that one back. And I thought, <laughs> you passed your problem along. Yeah. And that's happening. Yeah. And it's, it, and so that makes sense how it just kind of gets passed around because mm-hmm. nobody wants to say anything. Or, again, nobody wants to fight the fight. Because again, it'll be a lawsuit if you do. Yeah. And when that's the thing is we're, we're kind of restricting each other from the fight. Sure. It gets, it gets more and more difficult to be the one that has an opinion. That's see, right? that's what old age will get you and working for yourself. Yeah. And that's, this and, is just. You know, opened up my world. I can say what I want to to whoever I want to about whatever I want to. Right. And I, I forget who I was. Maybe it was my mom again. We did a lot of talking while she was here. She's good to talk to. She, she, she likes to use big words like I do. <laughs> and we were talking about how it's, she was like, well, why don't you try and go for a leadership position? You know, if you, because the, the idea was, and I've heard it growing up, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to make change, you get into, you, you work to get into a position where you can make change. Sure. Because you can't, it's, it's not so simple as to just like be the guy at the bottom screaming up to the top. Right. right? Cause you haven't earned your, pl- your place. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I was dis- more thinking out loud, right. And this may not be the case all the time, but something that I've seen happen and that I would fear, mm-hmm. right. Is, for myself is in order to become part of that structure, you have to sacrifice a little bit of the fight. Yes. Right. Because they don't want somebody who's going to just pick a bunch of fights. Nope. Generally. Right. Right. Unless they're a bunch of strong leaders who aren't afraid of you. Right. And they're like, yeah, come on, bring it on. If you, if you're fighting for no reason or if you're a bad leader, we'll remove you and we'll replace you somebody who's picking intelligent fights. That they, that will support the department. Right. So, but it, but from what I observe, they don't want somebody who's loud and like, 
I feel I, I could I could apply for sergeant. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we only need two years on to apply. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. But right. I could apply. I don't see any reason why they would be interested <laughs> in me becoming <laughs> Not right now, becoming a bigger voice at the table. Not right now. Right. Yeah. Especially with my past being what it was. Right. So I told her I was like, I, I don't know that I would want to sacrifice the quiet or like be quiet about certain things and just choke certain things down. Mm hmm. Because what I've seen is they'll choke a little bit down to get in a sergeant position. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, this still doesn't, there's there's not a lot of power here. Right. So I'll choke a little more down yes. to get into a lieutenant position. Yes. And then that becomes successful. So, well, what level do you stop at? And why would I go back? Right. So, okay. So I'm going to keep choking it down to keep getting, and by the time you get to the top, you can't, it's like, I've swallowed all the problems. I'll just keep swallowing them. And well, then, you don't care anymore. Right. And then you've, you've become one of the problems you were trying to solve. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I, I get that that's kind of almost like a trope. It's, it's, it, it, that's too broad, but it, but I feel like that's, that's a reality. It's, it's almost too, like too brainwashing. Different. Right. But I, you do it to I yourself. Have, it's weird. Well, you know, you let the system do it to you. Right, you let it though. But I, I have told too many people, you know, as they promote, do not forget where you came from because I'll be the first one in here reminding you. Right. And I remember one time there was a, an officer, I don't remember what rank he was at a small agency that wanted to be chief at another department. Mm -hmm. And I helped him become chief, but I told him, if I find out you forgot where you came from, <laughs> yeah. we're going to have an issue. And he eventually threw me under a bus, and guess who wound up driving a school bus? <laughs> Didn't work out real well for him. But <laughs> these things, karma has a way of coming around. No doubt. And I'm just ready to see it swing the other direction. But I think the biggest issue is politics has gotten too involved. And I, this is what I loved about our episode with Grossman, because mm -hmm. he always enlightens me on something. And he, he was talking about, because I would have argued the opposite if it had been anybody other than Grossman <laughs> um, initially until I heard his logic. But he talked about the difference in a chief of police and a sheriff. A sheriff, I remember. And it never even occurred to me how the sheriff is a elected official, but he is in control of his own destiny. Right. Where, which is a better place to be in this versus a chief who is not in control of his own destiny directly, mm -hmm. the mayor is, or the um, city right. manager or the council or whoever, who are all elected and appointed people. Right. And so he's kind of low man on the totem pole. So he has to suck up, or she, have to suck up to lots of people to keep their job. Yeah. And it just never registered with me. But I think if we could get politics out of this mess we could get back to a better place. So there, and I don't know who watches these shows, but I'll, I'll make a brief reference. My wife watches this show called the crown. Okay. Which is about, uh, the royal family, the, I the royal family in the UK. Okay. Right? And it goes all through history, but it's, it's, it's at this part where, uh, like princess Diana is being introduced. Mm -hmm. Right. So cool little time in history. And there's this one line. And, and I, so I do not, purposefully watch the show sure. i sit next to my wife sure y'all don't buy that i bet he watches <laughs> bachelorette too but and anyway 
and I played some of the real housewives too. <laughs> and every now and then there's, there's good intelligent conversation in this show, right? Mm-hmm. Cause usually it's the queen and you know, Margaret Thatcher or whatever. Right. But the queen said, so somebody was saying something to her about like, she needs to do something. You, you need to step in and stop Margaret Thatcher. Right. And oh, right. It was the guy that broke into the queen's house. Like that actually happened where okay. the guy broke into the cat, the, what is it? The, the, the castle. Palace? I don't know the palace. Yeah. yeah whatever. And, she woke up and he's sitting at the end of her bed, right? Oh, nice. Intru- and all he wanted to do was to have her hear his opinion. That's one way to get it. He's me. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and she tells him in what I thought was a remarkably good argument against my own opinion. Mm-hmm. What kind of like when Grossman said what he said and you're like, oh, that's not, I don't agree at first. And now I do. Yes. She said, when you've been around as long as I have, and you've been at the top as long as I have, mm-hmm. there's something you see. And it's that these a country she was talking about the country mm-hmm. but it could be looked at as a department sure you could make that tie very easily she's like, a country will go through terrible times sure and it just has a way of coming back, back out. around all things balance out like however you want to look at it right like it could be a god thing from mm-hmm. our perspective mm-hmm. or it could be a natural thing or a karma thing or a whatever you want to call it yin yang i don't care it's all the same it mm-hmm. is all the same principle it will balance itself out it's just the way it is and so I, I do feel in some way that it has to swing back the other direction. And that's really the only thing that gives me peace. <laughs> with well, all of it. And it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning because it was something I saw on TV. And I was laughing about, I think drive-in theaters are going to come back now <laughs> because of COVID. I would love that. And it's funny. We did that for Christmas at the church. Well, and apparently there's a drive-in theater over in the West Valley somewhere. Oh, really? Yes, because I know some people who went. And I thought, so the positive, because I always thought that was a fun family time. And, you know, I I can remember friends, all of us loading up in a car. You only paid one price. You had people in the trunk and, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was just a fun time. And, you know, especially in places like here in Arizona, where nine months out of the year, our weather is almost perfect. You know, I don't think they're going to be really big in the Monot, North Dakota, (laughs) (laughs) except certain times of the year. But. Um, but I, I, I was laughing about it because I mean, when did drive-in theaters for the most part shut down? I mean, I think I was probably, I know they were still around in high, when I was in high school in the seventies, I don't know when they actually almost, almost became extinct. I think there have been a few here or there, but I think the, the day of sitting in a theater where you pay, you know, $20 to get in and then $10 for popcorn and next thing you know, it's a hundred dollar date, um, I think those days are going to be very limited and I think we're going to see a drive-in theater come back. Yeah. And so it does, it, it has a way of coming back around and resolving itself. And so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see Yeah. if I'm, if my theory is right, but there was, it, I think it was a commercial on TV about some kind of car and they showed all these people, family sitting in the car in scuba gear and said, let's just go to the movie. It, the commercials nowadays make right, absolutely right, right. no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. But they pull up and it's a drive-in theater at the beach. Hmm. I thought, well, there's a cool idea. No that kidding. might be a real money maker. Maybe that's something we ought to get invested in. But I was just thinking the same thing. I wonder how um, much it costs for a plot But of I land. thought that would, that you know, <laughs> but again, that's something from way back that we never thought we'd see again. Yeah. Coming back around. It's just, they all have, a, it all has a way of swinging back out. So, in, in uh, as usual, my long-winded point is. Yes. That, is that mm-hmm. it, it, these fights, these things that 
you may or may not decide that you need to stand up for. And I, I, I'll argue, especially me, I'll argue about anything. He will. But I will argue that that is for you to decide. That is, in, and in my opinion, that's between you and God. Yes. Cons- consult someone. Usually the highest power is the best power to yes. consult. Um, but whatever it is you believe in or whatever your belief structure is, everybody has one. Even if you think you don't, you do. Sure. Um, consult that. Consult what it is that guides your principles mm-hmm. and decide if that thing is worth you fighting for because anything that's worth fighting for that means it's worth sacrificing for and you better expect to sacrifice for it sure me getting on this podcast fight in progress right and i say like lessons learned from the fight within you yeah, well it's not just an internal fight right there are battles that i have to do because of this because mm-hmm. i come and share an opinion because i don't always agree with how a department does things right yep. uh, feelings get hurt things happen i have to be willing to sacrifice that and I'm, I'm more than happy to i think this is a good fight to have sure i think these are good conversations to have to educate our men and women not that i have a bunch to offer as far as education more in the conversation have opinions i have opinions a lot of opinions to offer. but it, to, the conversation that gets had right it opens up doors in your mind and in your soul and you can explore those things and i think that's worth doing and i think that's worth me having those little battles for i think that's worth it so I'll, I'll keep doing it but you have to decide for you what's worth fighting for and if it's the front lawn sign and somebody's just crossed the line then that's for you to decide and i don't have a problem taking the sign down <laughs> right it's the principle of the thing well i don't like the way they did it first of all to say it's a political if they want to say <laughs> because and for the audience's purpose here the sign is made like a political sign would be made. Right. Two little wires. And it's yes. like that plastic corrugated board. Yes. With the sign and on it, it right. just says, we support law enforcement. Right. Like I said, it's been out there six months. I don't know why all of a sudden now it's an issue. It's, like it's been there forever. Yes. But I have other options. And that is to pay for the wrought iron decorative <laughs> flag holder. And I will put 20 of them in my yard if I have to, to make my point. <laughs> but I'm standing up for it because it's not a political sign but they're calling it that and i think we have to draw a line there right and if i don't at least ask what makes this a political sign then the next thing you know my flags out front that are pro first responders and military will suddenly become a political flag right and I, I, you know, if if we don't stop them at a point, they'll just continue to take more and more and more. And, and look, I understand. I, I served on a homeowners association. I understand the purpose of them is to keep people from painting their houses pink and purple and green stripes and putting cars up on blocks in their front yard and all the stuff that devalues everybody's home around it. I no get doubt. it. Mm-hmm. I just want someone to tell me why that sign is a political sign. Because I think they're going to have a hard time making the argument. Well, and I, I'm, I'm going to make it the title of today's podcast, Balance. Who yes. do they Who do they answer to? Yes. Because they should be answerable to the people that pay the HOA fees. Yes. Right? And that's generally not the case, which is why people get so irritated with them. Well, and they actually violate a lot of laws sometimes because, again, my neighbors, we have here... In our neighborhood, the islands, I'll throw them under the bus, Uh, here in Gilbert, Arizona, um, our fences are the solid block fences, and we back up to the main loop road, that's, you know, just a little two-lane road in the neighborhood, but my neighbors from Alaska had to call me one time because they got a letter from the HOA that their screen door on their back sliding door 
was had come loose at the bottom. Now, I don't know if they were concerned somebody might have tried to break in or whatever, but they wanted that fixed. I wish the audience could see my face right now. Yes. How did they know? Well, they had to have looked over the fence. Right. Here's my problem. And taken a, they took a picture of it. Oh. That's invasion. I've had more cops tell me, you can't do that. Yeah, as a cop, you can't do it. I don't know about a, a private citizen. I guess it, you could argue it. I, I think know. we could argue it. Yeah. And so... I happen to get the call and I happen to have a police officer in my office, which is such a rarity, of course. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's only like 23 out of the day, hours out of the day. And so we walked over just to make sure they hadn't been broken into. Right. And so what we did, it, they hadn't. It, the wind had blown it loose at the bottom. So we just took a decorative thing they had in the backyard and crammed it up against it and said, <laughs> okay, HOA, take that. Um, but, and they'll walk on your property. To take a picture of a weed yeah. and send it to you. Well, they're trespassing. I haven't given them permission to walk on my property. Right. And so it, it's like people have let them get away with so much. Where does it stop if you don't challenge them? Again, I am going to also make my homeowners association aware that because of what I do, that I am also going to be notifying every law enforcement officer in the area that they have a problem with my sign in my front yard right. saying we support law enforcement. Because if they're telling me I have to take that down, in my opinion, that's them saying we don't support law enforcement. Right. And not that the neighbors out here are taking the stance. This is the Homeowners Association. And so, again, they need to understand there's a consequence for what they are asking. Yeah. And that, again, is people need to stop and think, was it really worth the trouble to come by here, take a picture, go back, write a letter, put the picture in the letter, put it in an envelope, address it, put a stamp on it, and mail it to me. Mm -hmm. I'd rather them have come and knocked on my door because then I could have had a conversation with the person and said, please explain to me why this is a problem. Yeah, but that's not what they want. They don't want a conversation. They want compliance. Well, they want to look like this governmental authority right. and group that dictates to me what I can have in my front yard yeah. and can't. And this time, as people said all over my Facebook page, have they met you? No, but they're fixing to. Right. So there's this, this is what I was thinking of, was okay. this, this concept of um, this willful blindness to the truth, right? Yes. Where you can be like, that's clearly not political. Right. You don't have a leg to stand on. Right. Like it's, it's not a political party to support law and order. What like, if I, somebody, somebody put on Facebook, I should put a sign up that says, we, we support the sanitation department. Right. Or we, or what about we don't support law enforcement? Right. Like, right. It's. Okay. So, so is the opposite true? So this this concept of this willful blindness, mm -hmm. right? So uh, listening to Jordan Peterson again, here and, we go, and some good some good old um, like Jungian theory, right? Uh, so when these societies stop doing that, right? And you can you can break this down to a family, mm -hmm. or it can be like a city, an entire culture, a country. I'll argue the country right now. And it's spread everywhere. That's how it gets as big as the country. Right. So like this HOA, right? If you're going to go argue this, they're just going to tell you my, my assumption is they're going to be, 
they've already picked the conflict, so it's not that they're trying to avoid it because right. they've already decided that it's a conflict. But they don't think I'm going to challenge it. Right, which is why they're okay picking the fight. Right. Because um, they're used to compliance. Sure. So I think that they're going to just say, no, just take it down, mm -hmm. right? Because they think they can do that, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't care what the truth is. Yeah. They're going to turn their eye to whatever the bigger cause is, self-preservation. They want the money. They want control, whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes this whole downfall of all of that system. Yes. Right. So when we all, and this is why we have this urge to stand and fight because yes. we know that this is not sustainable. We can't all just turn away from every conflict because we don't want conflict. And here's my problem with law enforcement. And I have said this and there's no bigger fan of law enforcement, but here's the problem. When officers are done wrong mm. and they either choose to leave because they're given the opportunity to resign in lieu of, termination mm -hmm. or they're terminated or whatever they tend to just walk away and not even bring it forward to the department or to somebody mm -hmm. and i think that's why so many things that are happening to our law enforcement officers it's getting out of control again it's the homeowners association telling me I can't have that sign. It's a political sign. It is not a political sign. And I just pull it up and walk away and go, whatever. Right. And law enforcement has a bad habit of doing exactly that. Well, because it, so there was, there's a, there's a saying that law enforcement is society and society is law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of not speaking out, mm -hmm. right. So there's a, there's an extreme example, which I love because it illustrates points, right of like the Nazi power, right? Mm -hmm. So, and any any really totalitarian power like that, you know, Laos, China, whatever, right. uh, Soviet Russia, there's this power that comes in, it, it, it comes into being somehow, right? Usually through the will of the people unknowingly because they don't because think Because they're ahead. stupid. Right, kind of like what's happening here. Yes. And so- Yeah, just go look at Hitler's playbook. Right, so then first thing that happens is people become afraid to speak out. Yes. Right? Which is we're already there. Yes. Here. Absolutely. Like think about how uncomfortable it would make most people in a crowd of unknown people to say, I support Donald Trump. Because you're basically, it feels like you're saying. Heck if, to even say now I support law enforcement apparently. Right. It feels like you're saying, I hate people. Like you feel like that's what they're going to look at you at. Right. Like they're going to, they're going to well, like, call you racist. They're going right. to call you all kind of names. Exactly. It feels like an anti-hero position. Yes. Right. So first you become afraid to speak. Yes. And then psychologically, this is just true. We've done studies on this. We've watched it happen in other countries. Historically, it's true. You become afraid to speak. Mm -hmm. Speak is the precursor to thought and action. Yes. Right. So when we speak out an idea, we play it out. Yes. Right. That's how you think. Right. And you can speak in your mind. Some people are good at thinking. Many people, it sounds counterintuitive but many people are bad at thinking things out yeah oh right? no they are impulsive right so me personally I, that is that is true for me i like to speak out my thoughts right uh, out loud so i like conversation because it helps fuel my thoughts sure that precursors action so when you become afraid to speak you become afraid therefore to think and then you cannot act you become a puppet right so when when these like for instance the the, the nazi situation mm-hmm People were afraid to act for fear of their life, whatever, because yes. the fear has grown into an action now. So we will not act against the Nazis. So they just took power everywhere over but there. It, right? But it started gradually. Absolutely. That's because the problem. they started. They took God out. Yep. They took guns away. All the things that 
are making a lot of us nervous here. And they started with little things. Yes. Because you were not willing to argue. You weren't willing to stand up and argue that because "Eh, that's not a big thing. I don't want to put myself on a pedestal and get arrows shot at me. Metaphorical arrows shot at me over that fight. Right. And then each little increment is more and more. And you're more and more willing to not fight that fight to sacrifice yourself. Yep. And then you're less willing to think about theories that will fight that and less willing to act to yes. do things and it's it because it slowly overwhelms right sure. and that's the fear in anything right so we could argue that about politics which i will and maybe not on this podcast maybe on another one sure but it, you could argue that about politics and the government today i as far as this podcast and our audience is concerned i mm-hmm. will argue that about departments right yes like i've said before things are worth fighting for not everything is worth fighting for right now right Anything that's worth fighting for is worth fighting for eventually. Yes. Time and a place. Sure. Right? Battle circumstances. Right? Strategy. <laughs> but, it, and not always the frontal attack. But there's there's a reason that you disagree with things. You Maybe the battle is with yourself. Maybe there's a reason that you just don't understand that concept. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't understand why that thing's in place or why that policy exists. Educate yourself first. Sure. Have the battle with yourself. Once you've come onto a certain side and you've prevailed in some way in your own mind, then figure out how you want to progress that battle outward from yourself. But they're all worth having. It's about how. So you can't sit in silence. I, I hate that from like these these older generation officers who are just like, I don't care anymore, man. I mean, I'm out the door in six it's, months, right. eight days, and 13 hours and, and 12 minutes. And yes. look, don't get me wrong. I get it. You fought the battle a bunch of different ways. It didn't work out for you. You got kicked in the nuts. And yep. you're like, I'm a, I'm a kick dog, man. I'm not going to go back down that path. Right. I understand. Right. I, I would just argue that that's not a good reason to give up. I would argue that your method is not successful. <laughs> well, and I think law enforcement has been so afraid to educate the public. I, I'm amazed at how ignorant the public is about law enforcement. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've actually had people argue with me that law enforcement officers get paid to get killed. And I go, yeah. and what kind of salary does that look like? And they think y'all make lots and lots and lots and lots of money. Now, I will argue out here in the Valley, these people out here don't know how to appreciate. They make really good money in comparison to back East and in the South. Well, there's like volunteer forces mostly. Uh, Well, yeah. And, but I mean, I'm talking about salaried officers are making (laughs) like minimum wage. Yeah, I know. Um, But the point is that the public is ignorant and they won't fight for law enforcement because they don't know the truth because law enforcement has protected society for whatever reason, if it was because they'd get disciplined. And again, another reason I started under the shield Mm -hmm. because I want to educate the public about law enforcement. Did I, did I tell you what my doctor said to me today? Oh yeah. This is funny. So I, Right. So I hurt my wrist. Right. And so I, what I have trouble doing is articulating it under stress. Right. So if there's if there's a gripping force or some kind of pressure resisting rotation of my wrist, it causes pain. And that's where all the damage is in my wrist. So my concern was going back and having to detain somebody who then decides they want to fight. Right. Is it going to cause further injury? Am I going to be half disabled in a fight? It's like, you know, whatever. It's up sure. to the doctor. They know more than I do. All I know is it just kind of hurts. I can push through pain, but right. am I going to ruin my wrist in my career? Right. Because so, we've known people that's happened to. Right. So I told him, I was like, you know, we get in confrontations, you know, have to arrest people. And he's like, well, hopefully you don't get in too many physical contacts with people. And I was like, like, 
do you know what I do? I was like, well, like confrontations, like two a week. Like what, what, what to you constitutes a conf- confrontation? Right. For me, that's as simple as I'm arresting you. Oh, you don't want to be arrested. Right. Got it. Like, so like I'm, it may not come to blows or a tool or whatever, but I, I'm going to have to control you. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and some people are harder to control than others. A 110 pound female is surprisingly difficult to control Absolutely. in the certain circumstances. And a 300 pound male for a 5'7", 190 guy like me. Yep. That's actually challenging. Yes. Right. That's, it's difficult. He's got a lot of strength. And then, you know, in a handcuffing situation, you're not really in much of a physical advantage as far as leverage they don't typically cuff themselves let's just put it that way yeah so what the doctor says is when i said like oh like two a week for like confrontations probably at least right, right? uh if i'm especially a holiday week right yes I'm being conservative he laughs and he's like you can't just pepper spray them <laughs> and like and so bless this is, his heart and, and all I can say. I, if i was gonna guess his age and uh, he's been great at what he does right right i don't presume to know his job He's great at what he does. He's got to be close to or past 60s. I would guess mid 50s, early 60s. Okay. Um, Old enough to have more sense than that. And, and so, and I I didn't really want to go into the whole rigmarole of why. I just told him, uh, no, we can't just pepper spray people. Because uh, usually if they decide they don't want to be handcuffed, by the mm-hmm. time it takes me to grab my pepper spray, they're a quarter mile down the road. Or I'm bloody already. Well, and by the time you pepper spray them, they could be madder than they were. Right. And you still, you can't just throw them the cuffs and go if, here, put these up. If I have time to grab a weapon, then they have time to grab a weapon. Right. If, like, it's, there's so many reasons why that's not, like, because, and, and here's his, he didn't defend himself. He just said, okay. <laughs> but here, here would be his defense from my opinion, if right. I was going to defend him. He's never thought this through. No. He's never had no to. No experience. Right. He'd be like, well, why not just that? Well, play it out a couple of times right how does that work right and he would he's an intelligent man he'd sure, come to a he'd conclusion pick it up with, eventually if oh, you okay. pointed it out that wouldn't work right. but this is exactly where the public is they haven't had to right why waste the energy on they, they don't do that well so. on tv they cooperate so many times <laughs> i'm sure you know that's why grossman calls yeah. it the idiot box yeah and when you point a gun at them they just stop of course they do yeah throw their guns down on the ground and they, i'm so sorry officer if there's one thing the public knows that the bad guys know it's mm-hmm. that we're not just going to shoot you. Right. Like everyone knows that. They, they all know, which is why somebody gets, when somebody gets shot, we all go, whoa, what happened? Because we don't just shoot people. Right. Right. There's. <laughs> but I actually heard somebody make the argument about an officer involved shooting that the bad guy didn't even get a round off first. Oh, jeez. And I was like, huh? Well, don't they have to shoot at the officer first? And I said, well, let's think about that. Maybe we should do a public education series. Oh, I'd love to. Like a whole month of, hey, public, come listen to the show. We'd love to educate you on what law enforcement does and why. That would be great. Because the reality is it doesn't take but one shot to drop the officer and he'll never have an opportunity to get a shot off. Right. So in like the, the whole argument of we, we sign up and agree to uh, get shot at and die. And get right? killed. Yeah. So it. Okay, let's just have a logical, non-emotional argument about this, <laughs> which I don't know how you come to that conclusion in the first place. I don't either. But okay, so I sign up to die. Mm-hmm. What is what is my job description? <laughs> to to die? Because then then why do I need any training whatsoever? Right. Why don't I just go and get shot by a bad guy? Because if that's the job, sure. My question would be, what does that solve? Right. There's still a bad guy. And they're still out there. If he wasn't a bad guy, then I wouldn't have needed to be there. Right. To get shot at. Right. 
So if we're just going to get shot by random good humans, <laughs> um, then, I mean, it, I'll pay y'all, you know, what, $60,000 a year to go get shot one time. You're not sure. going to make it a full year. Go ahead. Well, this is why I love things like <laughs> simunition training with civilians. Oh, yeah. The stress level. And because, just, yeah. it, you know, I have I, I actually encouraged a department up north many years ago. And I said, because their counts wasn't backing them, because they had these stupid arguments. Yeah. And I said, put them on a fats machine that shoots back. Yep. And let me just tell you how much fun that was. Because they were shooting babies and birds and cars and trees and everything and the minute they got lit up man gun was down screaming carrying on like a crazy person mm -hmm. and they found out you know what that's not so that isn't as easy it looks on tv yep and i think we ought to put a lot more people on these machines right and let them see it isn't like on television at all think about how reactionary you become when you're scared like how emotionally reactionary you become. That's completely natural, right? Sure. First natural response actually for human beings mm -hmm. when you are really in that much fear is a crouching position and yes. you freeze. Yes. Right? It's freeze, flee, fight right. is the natural order unless you're trained differently. Right. And then in, even after that, mm -hmm. so if you think about like um, more pri primate type animals and humans are included in this. Sure. Is there's actually posture... Mm -hmm. and uh and submit mm -hmm. right so we do a lot of faking our aggression because we don't actually want to kill people right like when you when two people get into a fight they start bumping chests and stuff they're not hitting each other for a reason neither one wants to get hit well it's like and dave grossman points this out he talks about animals you have these massive elk whatever out there that have these huge horns that they could if they'd go to the side of the yep. animal. But what do they do? They go head to head. Snakes are the same way. They mm -hmm. wrap around each other. Mm -hmm. They could kill each other if they wanted to. Yeah, but they don't want to die. But they don't want to die. They want to they establish dominance, right? Yes. Like there's, there's so many reactions. We got to yes. do a whole series on this kind of I stuff agree. for everyone um, to invite some more listeners. But we, in the end, balance in all things. Yes. Work these, these battles out for yourself first. Yes. And then present that well-formed battle, whichever side prevailed for you, because right? mm -hmm. that's how you're going to know which side you stand on. Present that to the world in whatever meaningful fashion you can that isn't just purely destructive. Sometimes you need to just lay a carpet bomb. Usually sure. not. Sure. <laughs> usually, Take it from me, guys. Usually not. Right? Because you, you just, you're never going to win the argument that way. Not really. And um, you need to know what your boundaries are. And right. when somebody crosses that boundary, then you know it's time to fight. My right. sign was my boundary. Yeah. That's the thing I tell people a lot in defensive tactics. Mm -hmm. um, so when... Like Don't when keep it, moving your boundaries. All right. Over when, when an officer is going into a circumstance, like I get a lot of questions of like, you went to that use of force very quickly. Uh -huh. It was appropriate, but you went there very quickly. It looked like there was no... Pro it's like, because I made decisions on if, then what. Right. right. I played the chess game in my head already. If this person gets aggressive... Mm -hmm. I'm going to put them in handcuffs. I'm not going to give them the opportunity to escalate, right? right. For, for instance, right? So a lot of times people will be like, oh, why'd you put them in handcuffs? We don't even know if they've committed anything yet. It's like, see how he got aggressive? I'm not going to wait to find out if he's willing to hit me to put him in handcuffs because then Absolutely. it's a different situation. Absolutely. So I drew that line in the sand mm -hmm. and I, I made that decision for myself. And I decided if for some reason I do that and it's found as improper, right? Mm hmm I'll present why I did it and sure. I'll take my lashings. And it can be just as much for that person's safety. Right. As yours. It, well, usually it is. Yes. Because in the end, 
99% of the time who wins these fights. We may get hurt, but I'm right. telling you right now, we win. Right. When my SWAT team shows up, yep. there's 15 of us, yep. probably more. It, you could shoot and kill one or two of us. Right. Can't all take the whole team down. All that's going to do is make us mad when we come in to shoot you exactly. or handcuff you or whatever. Well, the objective is to win the fight. You're, you're not going to win. So like th th this is the thing that people don't understand a lot about this is when we when we take control of a person, mm -hmm. it's for both safety. So yes. And this is what the public doesn't understand. Y'all respond based on training and experience. Yeah. And it's sad that for the public so many times... They would argue, but you didn't know for sure he was going to take that stance and act that way. <laughs> so, okay, so you want to risk even the citizen um, who started this whole mess. You even want to risk them getting bloody or hurt or killed. So it plays out mm -hmm. and possibly the officer gets hurt or killed. Right. You want it to play out. And even then when it plays out, then they say y'all started it. Yeah, th this is the hard it's part. It's crazy. Is, is it's it's we work so much in a gray area, mm -hmm. and people hate gray areas. They just they, they, it's uncomfortable sure. because there's no guarantee of victory in a gray area. But I think some of them too just want to argue it because it's just like the um, it's a politician up in Seattle. I think it's a council member or something. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this or not. She needs to be beaten just for being stupid <laughs> because she is one of the ringleaders to defund the police in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And she wants to legalize all of the misdemeanors. Okay. And someone throws a rock through a window in her house. Mm -hmm. And guess who calls the police? I'm going to assume she does. Yes. Okay. So she's calling the police that she wants to defund to have them arrest someone for a crime she wants to legalize. <laughs> sounds right and you just go huh that's and, and that's why we question their motives yes right? is because they they do things that clearly don't make sense at all like there, there was i don't remember which uh, there's so many of them now which politician they they had all these issues and they were they they were okay with the riots but then when the riots came to their house literally yeah. to their house yeah it was the mayor in portland they made it illegal yes to riot there yes and, and that's or the, to, to protest right and and then i go and then the stupid people put these people in office yeah oh, yeah and that's a whole three podcast also but <laughs> anyway um but i think we've made our point but you know we'll see the the saga of the sign in susan's front yard supporting law enforcement will continue and we'll have updates for you yes we will <laughs> um could be from jail but we'll find out <laughs> be i don't know that any cop would actually come arrest me for it but anyway um, but you know, here it is holiday week and you know, we're going to have a lot of law enforcement officers away from families making these sacrifices that I, again, don't think the public stops and realizes. And, you know, one, one thing, um, that I want law enforcement to understand is, is at under the shield, we don't shut down either. Right. You know, I joke about not being available while I'm in Alabama, but I actually will be available. I'm just not while I'm on a plane, but you know, I, did you work last Christmas? Uh, yes. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? I think luckily not Christmas Eve, if okay. I remember right. And you know where I was last Christmas Eve? Uh, I don't know, somewhere not fun, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, it was difficult, but it was an honor. Um, but we had an officer shot in, uh, down in, um, the Wiregrass region mm -hmm. of the state of Alabama. And he, uh, actually took 
two three fifty seven rounds to the head. Sheesh. And um, he alive. And he's alive. Good and job. he's back at work. I'm happy to say. And I just noticed on Facebook his wife was pregnant at the time, and they're having their second baby um, together. She has several other children. But I was in Atlanta celebrating Christmas with family, and the chief at this police department is a very good friend, and yeah. he called and told me what had happened. And so being just a few hours from them, I changed my flight and said, I'm on my way. And so I rented a car and drove down and was um, there the 23rd. I got there on the 23rd and went up to the um, – it was an intensive care unit for brain injuries and stuff mm-hmm. and um, was honored to have actually been able to go in and see Sam. And they had operated on him that day. So they had his eyes and stuff all bandaged up. And I, I you know, you just talk about the, the stamina that some of y'all have and he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, well, to take a hit like that. Yes. Yeah. But got to meet, and spend some time with his wife and, and with Sam. And um, I got tickled at him because he, at one point, we had walked out in the hall just to talk to the officer who was also there for protection. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> all of a sudden his wife says, Sam, are you bored? And I looked in there and he was drumming his fingers on the top of the rail. So she went and turned on football for him to listen to. And yeah, he survived. And I went back up there Christmas Eve during the day and caught a flight and literally landed back in Phoenix about midnight Christmas Day. And, you know, it's not the, it's certainly not a way I would have said I wanted to spend my Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but what an honor to have been able to be there with him and his family. And spend a little time with him. But yes, I'm happy to report he's back at work. He still has one round in his brain that they don't want to take out because they feel like taking it out will cause more damage. But he's back to work. I I mean, talk about miracle of miracles, honestly and truthfully. Yes. And so, you know, it's not a Christmas I ever thought I'd have to spend doing that, but was truly honored to have been able to go down there and spend some time with them, get to know them and and see how under the shield could possibly help. But you guys are out there all holidays. Yeah. I don't think the public understands that. And I want to see departments going back to, I think we're all kind of missing sight of what the Christmas holiday season is about, because I think everybody's so afraid to and have to be politically correct. Mm-hmm. But I remember when departments provided full meals on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. I don't know if yours does that. Yeah, ours has always been cool on holidays and stuff. Good, because some departments I'm hearing aren't doing anything. Oh, jeez. And I know when my ex would have, for some reason, it seemed like DEA always ran uh, wiretaps during October to December. I, I, You know, I don't know if they were trying to stay away <laughs> from their families or what. But I know there were many times that I would cook and take food up there to the place where somebody was having to monitor it and there'd be a lot of people in there because they didn't want them to be there alone on the holidays Mm -hmm. which i completely respected and i think there ought to be more of that but i think everybody's even gotten to a place where they're afraid to even do that and that's really sad to me but i think the public needs to remember and again and if you haven't seen our virtual rally ace produced that for us 
and it just came out last week, and I think we're already over 6,000 views. No kidding. Yes, on Facebook. That's crazy. But my question is, is there a way we can put that some that link somewhere for people that don't have Facebook? Do you want me to put it on YouTube? Yes. Yeah, I could put that on yes, YouTube. Yes, put today. it on YouTube. Yeah, I'll have it up today. And I'll, then I'll make the sure that we have that link yeah. somewhere where everybody listening can watch it because I'd really like for everybody to be able to see it. Yeah, if you don't have Facebook, because that's where I'll post it. Yes. I'll post it on Facebook. But if you don't have that, it's just going to be on the Fight in Progress YouTube page. Okay. Yeah, we need to get it posted there because it's just kind of our way of showing support during mm-hmm. a very difficult time, needless to say. And it's a virtual rally that shows civilians and people out waving flags all over the country and doing things that stuff we have, have gathered over the year. Mm-hmm. Because it has been such a difficult year. And I know a lot of law enforcement officers were concerned to have their families actually go out to yeah. these rallies and identify themselves as pro-law enforcement. Yeah. And that's why we wanted to do it the way we did it. I'm glad they did. Yes. Yeah. And so um, we hope you'll all go out and look that up on YouTube. Because we do appreciate the sacrifices that y'all make and that your families make. It, it's not just the officer. Families are very much impacted and you have to change up holidays. You know, our philosophy always was that, you know, Christmas can be any day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still stings a little bit when you're home alone with kids and dad or mom are not there on Christmas yeah. Eve and Christmas Day. So for sure, we just want to say thank you. We'll have one more show to wrap up this year. We will be back in here recording again next Monday. Yep. And can't tell you what's going to happen, but, you know, we don't always know either. I'm kind of hoping Chris is going to be better and can be back in here Mm -hmm. as our guest. So we'll see how he's feeling. But we appreciate your support of this podcast. We hope you will share it with friends and family. Yep. Spread the word and be careful and enjoy your holidays as best you can. Celebrate with your family when you can. Mm Mm-hmm. And just know that at Under the Shield, we are here to provide that support 24-7, 365. Pick up the phone and call us if we can do anything for you. Yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate all the help and support that we've got this year, especially from our one and only sponsor. Yes. UFIT, right? And I finally get to go back now that I'm medically cleared. True. So you'll get uh, more pictures and footage of me being beat up and sweaty and tired. Love it. Love Um, it. But uh, Jaron, or Danger, as he's known, uh, over at the gym, they're good people. Go check them out. Law enforcement, 15 bucks to drop in. Yes. uh, Totally worth it, man. Like, just go and get your fitness on. It's awesome. And I do want to say also to um, Lisa Carlin, who made our amazing blanket. Oh, right. With all the patches all over it, mm-hmm. um, she and I believe I'm correct in saying that her husband um, uh, travel across this country driving a truck, Jeez. providing a very valuable service, and they are so pro-law enforcement, and they spread the word about Under the Shield. We cannot thank them enough for that, and we want to wish them a very, very Merry Christmas, and if they're on the road... Be safe out there, and thank you for caring about our law enforcement officers. That's I wish we had more people doing that. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next Monday. We love you. Bye.